Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Alexa, how old was Catherine Hepburn in 1988? Catherine Hepburn turned 73 on May 12th, 1980. Oh, she was born in 1907. Oh, 1980. 73 plus 8. Oh, well, she was 81. I like how your Alexa doesn't want to give you the answers straight away. She <laughs> yeah. makes you do some yeah, yeah. maths for us. No, she wants to make me do some maths, yes. <laughs> make my synapses snap and my grey cells dance. <laughs> Welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's most popular fascinations and we try to work out whether they're really worthy of the hype. They're likes, but are they legitimate likes? My name is Will, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Hugh. Good hello, Hugh. Hello, Will. How are you? I'm unbelievably excited. Uh, uh, <laughs> Why are you so excited? Uh, I'm really excited because we have... A uh, very special guest. If you've clicked on the podcast, you know who it is. It's the star of Celebs Go Dating, author of Tip of My Tongue, and Every Word Tells a Story. It's the erudite, enchanting, and extraordinary Tom Reed Wilson. Catherine Hello, Hepburn. Tom. Oh, oh, the other, the other name. Oh. Oh, sorry, I've, sorry. Yeah, I've read it. I've read the other well, name Well, that, that would be very impressive, Hugh, because she's and pushing up the daisies. In well, fact, exactly. Uh, it'd be problematic. And quite a lot of peat underneath, I would mm. imagine by now, because yeah. it's been it's been quite it's a been while. It's been a while, so I'd say she's, she's quite a while. Really supporting, you know, she's fertilizing wherever she is. But <laughs> oh, she is! It's the great circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. Definitely the m- yes. more morbid start to an episode. Mm. Actually, that's one. That's one thing I don't know about her. I don't know how she was disposed of fired out of a cannon she might be standing up with a tree on her head for all <laughs> i know yeah you know that's that's the burial i want you know deep in the ground yeah. with a tree on top of you what tree yeah. would you go for oh i think a wide canopied oak will oh, wow they they guzzle a, a lot of carbon by its 40th birthday one of those <laughs> so i think that they're very pretty but they're very green mm. figuratively and literally wow 
I, I did not expect such a robust response to that stupid question. Yeah, he knows his trees. <laughs> yeah. I I thought about this before. Tom Tree Wilson. The, I, I don't I don't decide my berry on a whim, you know. And would you plant would you well you wouldn't be doing it, but would you have a new one planted or would you uproot a mighty wide canopy <laughs> already and bring it and just plonk it on top of you? I think I'd source a sapling. Okay. Yes. And I'd probably be in one of those wicker coffins that eventually mm. sort of erodes away. Oh yeah. Because they're much better for the mm. environment. Although they're unnerving. This yes. is this is very morbid and I will say probably won't make the edit. But if you've ever seen Paul Bearers pick up a wicker coffin, you can see the weight because obviously mm. stuff moves. That's quite an unnerving. Yes, thing that's it, uh, true. But know. mine will be a bit like a tall laundry basket because it's designed for going. Yes. I'll be standing up to take up less yeah. room, you see. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So they won't worry unless I fall out of the bottom. Oh, no. <laughs> we oh. just sort of write you up and push you. I don't know why I said we as though I'm going to be one of the pole bearers, but I feel that maybe, you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's, that is what this is about, Tom, is we wanted to try and get in there as, as the, yeah. the three pole bearers. There will only be three of us. Either I either want to be at a wedding party or a funeral party. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> death, legitimate life. <laughs> well, oh. I've made my views on weddings clear. Funerals, yeah. way better. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, when when Tom logged onto the Zoom, Will and I were on the Zoom initially. Obviously, Michael wasn't here because you know he doesn't show up for hours. But and then just as Tom was coming on, he I just saw him log on, and I was about to say, "So, Will, like, are you friends with Tom or what?" And then I realized Tom could hear, and I thought I'd better not, yeah, better yeah. just hold it back, just in case you had anything rough to say. I think I would absolutely describe Tom as my friend, even though mm. I think we've only met twice. But because I spend so much time watching your Instagram and seeing your word of the day every day, because if you don't know, Tom does a word of the day and it's my favourite way of starting the day. Well, I hate to be sort of unctuous, Will, but I feel exactly the same way because I think sort of for political spoof and commentary, you are second to none so you've said that is going on the poster there's no poster as of yet it is so <laughs> you're just so witty and you, you sort of crystallize everything i would like to say if i was sort of ribbing them. yeah yeah you're not you're not very good with words but i, I can see yeah. you i can see you get a lot of ribbing practice because i've already witnessed that you all rib each other yeah. can i ask tom what was what was your word of the day today um it was, was it, it was it the erection no, that that's my collective noun for a group of architects, um, which actually is one of my few coinings. I, I don't really issue many coinings, but I sort of thought there isn't a collective noun for a group of architects. And, you know, normally the collective noun focuses on what the group have in common. So a tower of giraffes or a wriggle of worms, because, of course, all giraffes tower and all worms wriggle. But architects are so divergent. You can't really compare Frank Gehry and Christopher Wren other than they both preside over erections. So I thought, well, there you are. There's the common word, an erection of architects. <laughs> a, a goggle of swimmers, I also coined. A cadenza of sopranos, <laughs> I coined. But uh, erection was perhaps the smuttiest. And, uh, but today is... Today's was a uh, purple, purple, which is um, a lovely sort of ornamental trim, if you like, an ornamental edging to a garment or a flower bed or a 
you you get purfling on violins as well. Um, it's it's very very attractive and takes many forms. Well, speaking of ornamental edging, please welcome our producer Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that could have gone any way, guys. That's great. <laughs> well, great. Yes, with talking. edging, it really could. <laughs> so soon after erections. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Michael? Oh, Michael, you're all of a flutter. I am, I am. I'm just going to simmer down after that. Ooh, is it getting what, hot in here? What do you think the collective noun for podcasters is, Michael? Ooh, uh, a chatter? A chatter? A chatter of podcasters? Uh, Ooh, an interu- that's... Sorry, an interruption of podcasters, I think, based on that's how we... Yeah. very good. Yeah. That's very good. Self-indulgence. You interrupted Tom to say an interruption of podcasters. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do best. You know, I uh, I actually looked up after that after that uh, the collective noun of the day. I then looked up some collective nouns, and my favourite one is a shower of bastards. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Is that a baby shower? <laughs> oh, oh, maybe. Do bastards get baby it... showers? <laughs> I suppose they do. Well, guys, today's episode has a touch of class about it. Um, Obviously, Tom picked uh, our topic, um, and we are going to discuss uh, the style icon, star of the silver screen, and all-round trailblazer, Catherine Hepburn, with a list of screen credits spanning seven decades and four Best Actress Oscars, still a record. Hepburn was a giant of 20th century Hollywood, but her fiercely independent spirit sophistication and lifelong emanation of cool has ensured that her legacy extends well outside of cinema so today we decide if she was really all that i mean i don't really know what we're doing like this woman is a titan of culture and cinema and we're here kind of saying like well is she okay <laughs> so we'll 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 we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll get into that in a second but first we're going to start off with our our patented legitimate likes uh three question quiz Oh, uh, Tom, this is a this is a collaborative effort, right? So everyone's working together. And also, I, I know you're a, a big fan of Catherine Hepburn. This will not test how much you know about her really at all. Um, so <laughs> the quiz is, is quite off-piste. Um, oh, I say. So the first one is I'm going to give you three Catherine Hepburn facts, two of which are true and one of which I made up. Right. Uh, and you've got to work out which is the, which is the fake one. Um, right. So fact number one. Kate Blanchett's portrayal of Catherine Hepburn in 2004's The Aviator is the only time that someone has won an Oscar for portraying an Oscar winner. So that's fact number one. Fact number two, Catherine Hepburn was a keen ice hockey player in her youth and played the sport well into her 50s. She was twice awarded the Golden Puck in her Connecticut hometown and had at least three false teeth as a result of on-ice scuffles. Uh, and then Catherine Hepburn, fact number three, Catherine Hepburn liked going barefoot and did so whenever she could and actually credits this as her reason for her famous preference for trousers over skirts. So you've got Kate Blanchett, ice hockey and barefootedness. They are the three facts. One of them is made up. One is made up. I think I've heard one of them before. Tom, I wonder, are you aware of some of them as being true or... Well, I know that Kate Blanchett played her, mm. uh, and I, I saw her in The Aviator, and 
um, I think she won the Oscar for it. And I really can't think of anybody else getting an Oscar for playing an Oscar, playing an Oscar The winner. only thing I'd wonder is whether there's one like... Like, I don't think Tom Hanks won for playing Walt Disney in Saving Mr. Banks, but it's that kind of Oscar no. winner, you know? It'd be someone who yes. won for playing a composer or a producer or something, but... Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and Rene didn't win for playing Judy, uh, I don't think. Uh, because you uh, didn't use second names, I had no idea who you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good point. Uh, Did she win? No, she didn't. Um, she did not, no. No, I, um, I think the barefoot thing rings true, but it's, it's slightly confusing because Ava Gardner also grew up without ever wearing shoes and mm. liked to be barefoot on set. I think I've heard that, that Catherine Hepburn, I think I heard somewhere that one, that she actually played some of her roles barefoot because she yeah. was so because again as we know she did her own thing and didn't if she didn't like wearing shoes she wasn't going to wear shoes yes yes and certainly she certainly she was the first person in hollywood ever to wear trousers mm. first woman ever to wear trousers <laughs> and to be honest i think a lot of the men weren't wearing trousers either yeah. for a lot of the time if we know anything about hollywood Jesus. they weren't wearing trousers um but i've never heard that as the reason, but she she often wore open-toed sandals and very, very rarely wore a shoe unless it was a sneaker. Mm. So that sort of rings true. She was very sporty and played lots of tennis and did lots of cold water swimming. Um, but I'd never heard the ice hockey thing before. So I think that that I might... do feel that as a fan of your level, you'd know if she was a serious ice hockey player. Yes, I've never seen a picture. No, what of I will say is in in um, is it in bringing up baby that she's playing golf at the start of it, and she's got a yes. good golf swing. So yeah, I, she clearly she was a good. A, I don't know did she play a lot of golf, but her swing is very good. She's an excellent golfer, and she made a film with with Spencer called Pat and Mike, right. where uh, she played golf and tennis and uh, did all the sports that she was really no, good at. But I don't think I. Don't think ice hockey was I one think of what Michael's done right, is chosen because she used to cold water swim almost every morning and she yes. played tennis well into her fifties and was an exceptional tennis player. Yes, into her into her nineties really? she played tennis. Wow. Yeah, I mean will, yes, will she, a lot of people was, play tennis when they're fifty, you know? She <laughs> she was allowed two bounces instead of one. That was that was her little for the ball or for her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're 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 saying the ice hockey's. I mean, knowing Michael, he'll say actually she only had two false teeth because of ice hockey, not three. Uh-huh. Yes, I don't think she had any false teeth either. <laughs> she had a wonderful set of teeth. Great. She was once described as as uh, one of the world's greatest calcium deposits, or something <laughs> <laughs> because of her teeth. That is an amazing nickname. <laughs> Yes. Guys, you're absolutely right, Eve. You've taken me apart there. Um, oh, hooray! So she was a keen uh, sportswoman, and Hugh, you're right. She was uh, an avid golfer. I think she actually lived on a golf course for part of her life. Um, Most Americans but do. But not, 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 not that I could find in the course of my research was she a keen ice hockey player. Um, she did like going barefoot. Apparently, that was the origin of, of, of why she started wearing uh, trousers initially. Um, and she is right. still the only one to have played or to... 
Kate Blanchett is still the only person to have won an Oscar for portraying an Oscar winner. And Tom, you are, I mean, again, your knowledge impressive here in that Renee Zellweger, she did win Best Actress for playing oh, Judy Garland. Did. But Judy she Garland did. has an honorary Academy Award. She is the Academy Ooh. Juvenile Award, which is she not. She has the, ju- the Juvenile exactly. Oscar. But I exactly. think that that, that uh, I thought that that would count. Not a, not Still in my an book. Oscar. <laughs> not a, we've all got Academy. We've all got Academy Juvenile Awards. Yeah. Tom. Yeah, just, <laughs> just because it's an Academy Award doesn't, for Michael, mean it's an Academy Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's not getting two bounces on the tennis court either. <laughs> you only get that with the four uh, Oscars. Juvenile Oscar. Well, well, it's a good yeah. question, Will, because it yeah. ceased to exist. It's not not the same mm. as an honorary Oscar, which mm. still exists. But uh, mm. the Juvenile Oscar was. Um, uh, for young talent because you know after Shirley Temple they thought we really need to have some form of recognition for our young talent yes. and and then I think a bit later on they thought it was man apropos mm. because mm. you know they, they didn't really want to encourage people into the profession that so young. it absolutely mm. is an Oscar Michael we, uh, I, it's well it's honor. classed as a it's a <laughs> she wanted a, for it a performance <laughs> I mean, breaking down you? here under questioning. She, <laughs> apparently, it's not considered a competitive award. I guess maybe they can award more than one in a year. Maybe I don't know. Oh, so, I see. Oh, um, I see. No, yeah. yes, that's no, Tom. Probably. Don't give in. Don't yeah. give in. <laughs> Michael just found this out after he wrote the question and therefore didn't want to write a different one. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, to be fair, I was I was wrong that Rene didn't win. You know, I, 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 she did. And I was wrong so, thinking people um, couldn't play tennis in their fifties. So we've yeah. all learned. You know what? The three of you are useless. Right? I'm going to put you all off the Zoom call. And I'm going to do yes. the rest of this episode myself. I'll talk about Audrey Hepburn and breakfast at Tiffany's for the next hour, and it'll be great. Hugh, oh, I've made a you did that on purpose, didn't you? He did that on purpose, sister. Well, I adore Audrey too, but they're not even relations, you know. No, but there no. is a story about the confusion. Do you know that? Do you know that story? Well, when Audrey was cast in Sabrina, which co-starred Humphrey Bogart, (laughs) (laughs) um, and William Holden, um, all the costumes were going to be done by Hubert de Givenchy, who actually created, ultimately, the Hepburn look. And she went to uh, Givenchy's studio and knocked on his door, and he opened the door and said, well, who are you? And she said, um, I'm Audrey Hepburn, and he was expecting Catherine, oh. because, because Audrey at that time had made, I think, one film. She'd made Roman Holiday, and nobody knew who she was. And so he sort of was a bit crestfallen and a little bit brusque, because... He thought, why have I got this unknown when I was expecting yeah. Hollywood's biggest star? Yeah, and yeah. he was he was most put out until, you know, she charmed the pants off him and they created this incredible, singular, timeless look together. Mm. Question two, guys. Uh, Catherine oh, Hepburn, question two. She was a lover of the Bon Mot and left a long string of memorable quotes. So I'm going to give you uh, yes. three quotes. you got to tell me uh, which were said by her. Um, two of them were said by her. One of them was not. Which one wasn't said by her? Um, right. So I call, I call this round, quote Hepburn. 
if you oh if you i will. like it i know right <laughs> thank was, you very much was, was the third thank one you. actually said by her but only in an honorary capacity <laughs> or when oh, she when was she, a juvenile, when she was a juvenile. <laughs> yeah it was said by some other kid <laughs> i don't care about <laughs> yeah okay quote number one life is hard after all it kills you <laughs> quote number two a career is wonderful but after all you can't curl up with it on a cold night Quote number three, if you want to sacrifice the admiration of many men for the criticism of one, go ahead and get married. Three quotes. Blimey. Yeah. I've never heard any of those before. I mean, and there were many more I could have included. She left behind. Well, she's endlessly quotable. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I quote her all the time. But I've heard the life bit... is hard quote. I've heard the life is hard, it kills you, but I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if it's hers. Um... I I would attribute the second one to somebody else. I I think I've heard that before, but not. I've already from forgotten her the second one. The career it was the, c- oh, the career yeah. you can't curl up. With. You can't curl up. But that with that it. doesn't ring true for her, does it? She. It doesn't really ring true for her because I mean, she never stopped Spent working, most yeah. of her life alone, mm. and I think her greatest pleasure was working. I think a great siren said that. I think somebody like Marilyn Monroe said that. Mm. Um, uh, but I, th- I think one and three are true. Michael okay. nodded upwards and forwards then. So I think you may have <laughs> That was his Marilyn yeah. Monroe impression. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Was that absolutely. Marilyn, the middle yeah, one? Yeah, he hit the nail on the head. That was Marilyn oh, Monroe. Um, and, then the, and then the other two oh. were, were, were Catherine. Amazing. Well we're done. Catherine. I mean, two out of two so far. you? Shall I give you my favourites? Yes, please. We get to hear the impression now. Oh, you do. (laughs) So, and it's good because I'm a sort of a basso profundo today because my throat's not great, which is very, very good for for Catherine. Um, She said, well, I'll do the voice one first because she said, um, I've always had an awful voice. Dorothy Parker said it was like listening to nickels going in a slot machine. (laughs) She said that. She also said about never, <laughs> never accepting her four Oscars. And Will, you're right. She, she had the record, still has the record for uh, Best Actress Oscars. She had four. And she never went to a ceremony. And she said, my father said all his children were very shy. And we wouldn't go to a party unless we knew we were going to be the bride or the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Which I that's love. Amazing. <laughs> I just love that. And do you know that the, it's really funny because on the one hand, she did say she was very shy and I completely believe her. But on the other hand, she wasn't without ego because her last Oscar nomination, she and Jane Fonda were nominated for the same film for On Golden Pond. Jane in the Best Supporting Actress category and Catherine in the Best Actress category. And at the time, Jane had two Oscars and Catherine had three. And so Jane did the maths and said, well, if I win, we'll be level pegging. And if you win, you'll be, you'll have double. (laughs) And um, Catherine, again, true to form, didn't go to the ceremony and she won. And Jane didn't. And Jane 
rang her in the morning and said, congratulations. And without even saying hello, Catherine said, you'll never catch me now. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I feel like that accent does provide so much more. Like, it adds a glamour to the sass. Like, if I said that, if I said, you'll never catch me now, everyone would be like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it it does take the sting out of the conceit, doesn't it? It does. Because you you sort of think, well, you're still lumbered with that voice. (laughs) (laughs) I love that they kept giving her Oscars, even after she... She didn't show up. Like she hadn't shown up to to three Oscars, and they still get for a fourth. It's amazing. She didn't go. She didn't go. Yeah, it's yeah. really impressive. Yes, and 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 she started refusing to go at the beginning of Oscar's history, really, mm. because her first Oscar was in the early thirties for Morning Glory. I mean, arguably, the Academy did punish her after that because she wasn't nominated for a very. Mm very long time Mm. and had she not you know acted well into her 80s yeah then uh you know she wouldn't have got the the that sort of amazing second chapter that she had yeah and she also so she had i think up until it might have been up until 2002 she had the record for the most nominations i think she was nominated 12 times and then all of her wins oh michael was she yeah, twelve times, and I think it was Meryl. So Meryl Streep might be, oh, she's might be twenty. I think, I think she's in the twenty-one, she's, she's, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Gosh, yeah. With only yeah. three wins, but, but which actually with is three crazy wins, as yeah. well, that she only has three, but still. But Hepburn's yeah. Hepburn's wins were all in the best actress category as well. So she's mm. so she's of anyone, male or female, she still has the most wins. Um, and I think yes. it's basically yes, because yeah, isn't one of Meryl's supporting. Yeah. It is. I think it might have been, yeah. I th- I don't think it's polite to mention that when she's around, though. You know, I think she just, you know, um, and and one of them is probably a juvenile as well. You know, so <laughs> does Frances McDormand have three? She best does. Fra- actress Frances, now, I think. I think I think her I think her hers are three best actresses. Yeah. yeah so so she so wow. both Meryl Streep and Frances may catch her, I guess. Um, yes. and Jack Nicholson's on. Is he on three as well? For a I think brief second, I thought May Catcher was a like 1930s starlet who also had been nominated. <laughs> <laughs> I think Meryl Streep's supporting one was for Kramer versus Kramer, which is kind of a mad one that she was only supporting actress for that. It is a know? bit. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Mm. Tom, obviously you're a massive fan of 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 Catherine Hepburn. I mean, by the sounds of it, are you a massive fan of Hollywood and the movies in general? I mean, do you know an awful lot about? About films in Hollywood. Yes, hugely so. But the reason why she rates so tall, as they say in Variety, is because if I go through my favourite movies, in almost every category, Mm. bar musical, she looms large. I mean, my my top ten movies must have at least four Catherine Hepburn performances. Bringing Up Baby, I still think is the best comedy ever made. And the roles for women, I mean, here we are recording on International Women's Day and it feels very, very apropos because uh, there were a group of women in the 30s that were called the fast-talking ladies because in screwball comedy, they had this sort of machine gun volley way of delivering their lines and it would be rat-a-tat-a-tat and they were wonderful and witty and they were bright and they were infinitely more cerebral than the the 
the guy mm. in the movies. Um, and there weren't comedies like that. Well, arguably, there have never been comedies like that since the mm. 30s. And the 30s was, it was a curious time in Hollywood between the wars where it was a little bit anything goes, you know, in mm. terms of mm. gender. Um, she did a lot of dragging up in the 30s in Sylvia Scarlet, uh, which has now become a kind of uh, um, a cult classic. It was a huge flop when it came out. But she was, she was fast-talking, she was witty, she was clever, she was dynamic and androgynous. And all of those things were very exciting. Mm. Guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drag you back to the quiz. Yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I derailed the quiz do, there. Do, yeah. do, do, do. So question, final question, question three. Uh, throughout her life, Hepburn had a series of complicated romantic relationships, most notably with Spencer yes. Tracy. Um, and just reading through these, it really struck me that many of the men in her life have first names mm. which have fallen out of usage uh, since the first half of the 20th century. So I'm going to give you a list of names, first names, of her partners, uh, most of which are real and one of which I've added myself. And you have to spot wow. the odd one out, okay? So uh, yes. which of which of these did she have a, a relationship with? So yeah. Ludlow, Leland, Humphrey... Ogden or Howard? Well, which one did she Howard not Hughes. have a relationship with? Humphrey. Humphrey. She never had a relationship with Humphrey. Really? Oh, so Tom, you know all those. Be- Ludlow was her first husband, right? Yes, Ludlow was her first husband. Yeah. Her only husband. Um, her only husband. Her, yeah. uh, yes, her only husband. Mm. Um, and I think he was probably gay. And so it didn't, you know, he was very, very, it was a very amicable Mm. separation and they remained friends Mm. for the rest of their lives. And he is also Ogden, by the way, his name. Yes. His name was Ludlow Ogden Smith. So he's two, he accounts for two of the names that have fallen out of use. Yes. Um, And... Who who else was on your name? Leland? Yes. Leland 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 was Hayward's, yeah. He was that agent, wasn't he? He was. Um, he, and he, he, was, uh, he had endless affairs with, mm. um, uh, uh, with Ginger Rogers mm. um, and uh, various other big Hollywood stars. Mm. Well, Tom, you've proven your credentials. I mean, you got three out of three on the quiz, which doesn't happen oh, often, good. I will say. So, um, oh, actually, just... Well, I mean, it doesn't, guys, okay? (laughs) we got to point it out when it happens, okay? Um, So, look, clearly, huge fan. Uh, You know... Devotee, Michael. Devotee. (laughs) A disciple, if you will. Um, Disciple, yes. So let's imagine, picture this. So you're sitting in reception in the Celebs Go Dating office. You've just sent... Oh, I don't. don't. I shall curdle. I shall curdle, even at the thought. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> well, well, just imagine, like, you've, you've just sent a celebrity, uh, like, I don't know, like Eamon Holmes. You've sent Eamon Holmes off on a date, okay? Um, the, the door opens, and fresh-faced, and at the peak of her 1950s powers, uh, Catherine Hepburn walks in. So she's come back for season 13 of Celebs Go Dating. How do you react? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what does your face do in this moment? Oh, crumbs. I think I would absolutely curdle. I'd have champagne <laughs> in my knees. I, do you know? Do you know? I don't think I would want it to happen. Really? Because because she's such an enigma, mm. and 
she is also terrifying. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a story. I went very recently to see a screening of On Golden Pond at the BFI. And I didn't know this was going to happen. But it was a special screening. And the cinematographer from that film, which was shot in 81, was there to okay, give an introduction. Right. He, was in, he was in his 90s. Wow, okay. And he said, um, he said that first day on set was terrifying. It was a new director. He'd been told by George Cukor not to take any shit from Catherine, basically. <laughs> and, um, and Catherine arrived wearing a silk black roll neck. And she said, right, let's go. And um, they said, no, Dorothy Jenkins has put all of your costumes inside. And you've got to pick a costume. You can pick the costume, but you've got to pick a costume. And she said, I'm wearing this. And then she let fly with, a, with an absolute wallop of four-letter Anglo-Saxon words. And everybody was a bit aghast and didn't know what to do. And finally, 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 she acquiesced and she went in and she kept the black silk roll neck on, but she wore one of Dorothy Jenkins' shirts over the top of it and then she would film. But she could be quite tricky. And I I think that um, if she stung me, I think that... You'd never recover. Every, everything... No, I'd never recover. <laughs> I'd never recover. Yeah, yeah. It would be like the sting would live in my epidermis. <laughs> Do you adopt that that way of behaving on, on set wherever you are and in the rehearsal room, Tom? Are you very Catherine Hepburn? <gasps> no, well, it's, it's perhaps the only thing... Perhaps the only thing I don't admire about Catherine. Because I don't... I think her talent perhaps warrants it. Mm. Um, but I don't approve of divadom yeah. ever. She was I don't fierce. Think ever a, yeah. I don't think there's ever a good reason for it. Mm. Um, and I don't, think, I don't think she had it early on. I think she was... Um, she had parameters about what she deemed appropriate and what and what she thought was right for her but i don't think she was actively tricky mm. i think that sort of came much much later yeah she picked up she picked up a nickname later in her career which i, I think she was referred to as catherine of arrogance which is amazing yes. <laughs> yes. it's a great nickname it's it? amazing yeah yes <laughs> but i think i'd be beside myself if that ever happened to me okay so we'll i mean it's it's a slim possibility that 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 will actually happen so you're probably you're probably you're probably will will i give you full permission to poke me hard in the intercostal clavicle if that ever happens to me in even a tiny way (laughs) i don't think there's any danger of that having (laughs) having met you and seen your persona it would be amazing for as soon as the podcast up recording you're like right fuck this i'm gone i hate this shit (laughs) He hasn't taken off that black silk, though, the entire time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. wouldn't put on any of the costumes no, that Michael I had prepared for him. <laughs> they were too risque. That was the only reason. I have I to say, I, for I'm, not sure, medium, I'm not too. sure I'd ever see. Would there be a bigger discrepancy, and I say this as someone who knows nothing about style or fashion, but a bigger discrepancy between the result if Michael dressed Tom and if Tom dressed Michael? <laughs> I'd love to see both. Oh, oh! I'm sure he's got an inner Dorothy Jenkins. <laughs> one, 
one would be dressed as a glamorous supermodel and the other would be a dad trying his best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my clothing choice... But Michael, I, I suspect you, you, you probably dress your sproglets, don't you? I do, I do. I do on occasion, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all yeah, the yeah. same one piece, it's just an orange jumpsuit. Eh? <laughs> no, I bet they're beautifully turned out. They are. I whenever it's, whenever I uh, whenever I'm dressing them, I try to dress them as much as possible in matching clothes, <laughs> which is not something that's supported by oh, any any other right members of the family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> them included. <laughs> oh, Michael. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, if I can, I'll do it for me too. So we just look like three versions of the same person, just at greater distances. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of sartorial choices and Catherine and her trousers, hmm. um, we lost very recently Barbara Walters, didn't we? Um, who also made it into her 90s, I think. Hmm. And she famously interviewed Catherine Hepburn in the 80s. And um, she was still harping on about the trouser thing. And she said, <laughs> um, uh, she said, do you even own a skirt, Miss Hepburn? And she said... Uh, Yes, Barbara, I have one. I'll wear it to your funeral. <laughs> Amazing. She never never lost her bite, did she? <laughs> it, it is funny, she didn't. isn't it? Those, no. those like anecdotes that it's just like oh, that's just rude, actually. I know. Yeah. But because so you're ninety, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. When you're that old you can say whatever you want. The thing is though, she did she had a rather a charming snort, so after she said it, she sort of went <laughs> like that. And then you sort of forgave her. Yeah. That's very disarming, all right, yeah. A snort is very disarming. Animal noises really take away the dividend. Yes, especially from swine. <laughs> There's something particularly endearing about swine. And Tom, do, do, do you... So, so clearly, uh, it's not just Catherine Hepburn that you know a lot about, but, but that... You know that whole era of Hollywood, the golden age of 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 Hollywood. Yeah. Do you think that Hollywood is less glamorous today? Do you do you wish we could go back to the way that it, that it was? Um. Do, do you want to make America great again? Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, do, you, do you think that society has gone too I far? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's wonderfully glamorous. I think. Um, the funny thing about Catherine Hepburn uh, and that vintage of, of Star is that actually we're only just catching up with them. So it's mm. less, oh, look at the good old days, mm. um, than look what happened before the good old days, which was really quite exciting and then went nowhere. You mm. know, I think that's what thrills me about that time. Um, and I, I think... That's why there's such a kind of um, a glorious rosy prism through which we view those movies yeah. because they, they still excite us. You know, as I was saying before, in terms of um, gender politics, in terms of gender itself, in terms of, in terms of women and their roles, I think it was a very exciting mm. period. And I think that because Catherine had had a soupçon of that in the 30s, mm she made sure that she cleaved to it uh, for the remainder of her career. Nothing less would do, but not many um, actresses were able to do that. It's funny because, you know, and, and I, well, I have two questions. 
No, actually, one of them is more of a statement. But my first question is, have you seen every <laughs> Catherine Hepburn film? Or are there elusive ones that are hard to find? I have found the hard to find ones because they were kind of late in her career and they were made for television. Mm. And I found sort of very obscure DVD copies of them because you can't get them on Prime or, yeah. or anything. Um, but I'll show you, boys, my... Um, I have a DVD cupboard and it's the campus thing you've ever seen. It's ordered <laughs> by Dane. Um, Dane's and Catherine. So I don't know if you can see. Yes. So what we're looking that's at. That's my, can you yeah. see? That's yeah. my Judy Garland section. Okay. <laughs> that's Maggie with the title. Yeah. There's Catherine. So there's, there's at least 12 there. Deborah Carr and Dane Jules. Do you think that, Tom, do you think that Catherine Hepburn has any equivalents in today's Hollywood? And actually, in particular, do you think that we have any screen couples who compare in any way with Hepburn or Tracy, that the, 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 the chemistry that they were able to give off? Yes to your first question. Okay. Because yes. I actually think that... Yeah. I think it was very uh, apropos that, that Kate Blanchett played her on film because mm. I think that she has a lot of Hepburn-esque qualities. Yes. Um, I think she's very dynamic. I think she's very brave. She's intrepid about being big on screen and how much the camera can take. Mm. I think that they both believed in their marginally different ways that um, as long as you were very truthful, it didn't really matter how big you were because the camera could accommodate size, Mm. um, providing there was enough detail. And I think that's very true. I think this whole thing about, oh, uh, you you must only um, lift your eye a millimetre or your eyebrow a millimetre on film because it's yeah. too big otherwise is not true, I don't think. The first film job I ever did, is, uh, the first, I did a very brief pilot episode of a sitcom and I had that in my head and I did absolutely no acting. I just said everything <laughs> quietly with a still face and it's dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> oh darling you're incapable of being dreadful I, I thank you but that you met me about five six years into my career and that was a hard, hard oh i see lesson. <laughs> i see i see kate blanchett is an excellent choice uh, and also she's not she's not wear, shy of wearing trousers either you know <laughs> i think she's she's been seen in a pair of trousers from time to time i know you're not michael but you've never sounded more like a misogynist <laughs> By saying that, <laughs> I've realised that I, one of my favourite paintings in is a painting. I have a print of it beside me, conveniently. Don't know how well you can see it. It's it's called the Stag, and it's uh, and it is a load a of stag. drinking, getting pissed. <laughs> but it's uh, no, I it was hanging in the Irish Gallery, the National Gallery of Ireland, for years, and apparently now it's gone on loan to France, which is very annoying because I used to just go in and look at it. But it was painted. There is a point to this. It was painted by a woman called Rosa Bonheur who was a French artist mm-hmm. in, I think, the mid-1800s, and she had to obtain a permit from police to allow her to wear trousers while she was painting. <laughs> because, uh, wow. Uh, Goodness me. Wow. Yeah, oh. wow. I mean, I know it's like... Do you know about Amelia Bloomer? No. Well, I, in fact, I'm going to recite a poem for you about uh, her, and then it, it, will, it, it will tell you all about her. 
Amelia Bloomer was born in the States in 1818 in May. Well, now that you know her name and her dates, what else is there here to say? She stood up for women and fought for their rights by speaking and writing with passion. And something important she had in her sights was bringing them freedom through fashion. She campaigned for clothes that were roomy and loose, a new kind of ankle-length knickers. And bearing her name, they are soon in wide use in spite of some naysayers snickers. <laughs> She, she was a post, she was a postmistress and she said, I can't wear these cumbersome skirts to do my round. And she was also a suffragist. That is Tom, brave. did you just have that committed to memory? Did that just, that just fell out of your head? That was amazing. Well, I, I wrote that one. So it's easier. It's That's easier amazing. to know it. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. But you wrote it. What, what, I, I, this is not not meant to be a question. With, but why? <laughs> <laughs> was that was it for something, or was it just to express? And well, my 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 um, etymological dictionary for kids is is all poems. So it goes through the alphabet with etymological poems, and some of them are eponyms, which, as I'm sure you all know, is when a word comes from a person's name, and. Um, so I, there are there are a handful, including um, guillotine, because I think it was Joseph Guillotine actually designed that instrument to be kind, because it was mm. instantaneous. Yeah. And so the notion was, you know, if, if it was very sharp, it would be absolutely instant. So if I if I or one of our four listeners wanted to go and uh, read this book, <laughs> this would be Every Word Tells a Story, available uh, any good retailer. I've correct? just looked it up, Tom. <laughs> yes. Tom, I'm a school teacher. I'm going to buy that book and have it in school without question. Oh, Hugh! So. Oh, gosh. And Tom, oh, I have two funny. kids, so I'm going to borrow that book from Hugh and, and let them read it. <laughs> Michael, if you didn't say anything, Tom might send us a signed copy. You never know. That's what I was angling <laughs> for. Well, I was, gonna, I was just going to say to Will that I will send uh, some copies Oh, well, to here Will. we go. That we can, I can force a, uh, us having a coffee so we, I can buy you a coffee and, and <laughs> say thanks for this, and then you don't have to do any postage and packaging. And I'll furnish you with literature. There we yes. are. That's a nice trade-off. We did it, we did it guys. Yes, Tom. I have, a, I have another question go. prompted by Hugh's painting of the the stag. Um, on celebs yes. go dating. There is a yeah. very large. I think it's a, sort of a Baroque style painting of you. Uh, is that right? In 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 the office. Yes. Do you do you get to yes. keep that because it's amazing? And if not, can we have it for Hugh's school? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I I was utterly crestfallen. It's gone walk about that painting. Really. Um. Uh. It. It was painted by our designer, who is a brilliant, brilliant artist. Mm. And uh, and I was so thrilled with it. It was a surprise. I didn't mm. know it was going to be there. Um, and, uh, and I said, well, could I keep it? Although I didn't think I could ever hang it because people would think I was a terrible <laughs> narcissist. But, um, but I just was so impressed by it. And, uh, and he said yes, but... Um, then the next series, it was a new wall hanging, and okay. um, it had gone. I and was I was wondering. Yeah. I inquired after I'm, it. I'm not surprised that it's gone because it really it caught my eye, and I was thinking if I had the chance to hang that in my house, it 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 it'd, it'd be up there on the wall. 
it's, it's a complicated, what a dear thing a to complicated say. thing to steal though because it's clearly someone who loves tom which obviously is mm. lots of people but to steal that and place it on your wall means that you can <laughs> never invite tom to your house because <laughs> then if he came yeah. he would know Mm. <laughs> I think it can only have been the artist. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. it must have been such a labour of love and mm. it must have taken eons to do. While we're talking about the show, Tom, um, you're yeah. presumably always looking for non celebrities for uh, celebrities going dating. So the, the three, you've got three of us in front of you here. I'm married. Yes. Will is in a long term relationship. Hugh, yes. also a celebrity. As, I'm also a celebrity, as, actually. Yeah, also a celebrity. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yes, exactly. But as you can see in front of us, Hugh, who is arguably the pick of the bunch, right? Single, okay? Oh, he's available. A honeybee. He's got the looks, he's, he's, he's got the hair, he's tall, he's got a great voice. Any chance we can we yes. can slot him in on the next season? I assume you can make, make this happen, right? <laughs> Well, I, I'm sure I can make my voice land on the right tympanic membrane. <laughs> but um, I, I... Oh, Tom, you wouldn't believe how often I've heard that when people try to set me up with someone. <laughs> Jesus, <that's> just... <laughs> Every single time. Every word tells a story, and I've heard that story a hundred times before. <laughs> Look, I'll be honest, Tom. I've never heard of celebs go dating. I've no idea who you are. Will was like, I've got this friend. And I was like, yeah, another friend of Will's with a double-barreled name who's coming on the show... I was like, Grant, whatever. So, you know, this is all news to me. <laughs> well, I think you'd fit right in. Tom, I assume it's hard to find non, like ordinary people, non-celebrities, right. to go on dates with attractive celebrities. I assume that's hard. So I'm trying to do you a favor here, okay? <laughs> well, you're, you're a darling. And from your lips to someone's ears or my lips to someone's ears, that's all I can no, we've, say. We've put it out into the ether. We've manifested it. So it, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make yes. you available. And uh, we, we, won't, we won't talk about his, uh, his appearance fee. We'll, I, I'm not going to hold you over. Gonna say we won't talk about his appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Michael is it's actually big into white slavery, you know? It's not, it, he doesn't mention it much, but you know, he talked about dressing the kids in matching outfits. This is all part of it, you know. Yeah. So, guys, I, I um, one, uh, one more uh, point to bring up. In there was a 1994 Royal Society of Chemistry poll, um, which said, which, which concluded that, and it was done by the Royal Society of Chemistry because they were assessing screen chemistry, said that Hepburn and yes. Tracy were the number one couple in terms of screen, screen symmetry or chemistry over the previous hundred years. Um, other couples yeah. were uh, Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor, uh, Bogart yes. and McCall, uh, and then yes. um, unusually Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. But I do see where they're going with that one. They were great yeah. together, you know? Well, so. I, think, I think I agree. And I think um, it has it's not so much sexual chemistry because mm. i i think their own sexual chemistry was relatively short-lived mm. but um i think it's acting chemistry in terms of their styles really complementing each other and Catherine hepburn put it better than anybody she said her two favorite actors were loretta young and spencer tracy and she said they are baked potatoes she said they are true and unadulterated and don't need any frill. And I am a crepe Suzette. I cannot help but be a little bit fancy. And I, and I have to say that the reason I love Catherine more than Spencer is because I am more drawn to a crepe Suzette. And I do like 
the ornamental. You like you like a bit of purple. I like a yeah. bit of purple, <laughs> and you know that was on the tip of my own tongue. So you're brilliant. I, There's something happening between our swollen frontal lobes, Michael. <laughs> Well, <laughs> don't say membrane again, Tom. He'll end the episode. <laughs> I really uh, like that if she's a crepe Suzette, that means that the what the nine or so films her and Tracy made together was essentially having a baked potato with a crepe Suzette in the middle of it, which I, <laughs> I yes. think would be delicious. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of a cleaning out the fridge I type think of meal, so isn't it? Too. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Oh god. You know, you talk about the on-screen couples and that's just not a thing anymore, you know? But but why is it not a thing? Like when did when did we stop? Is it just that I don't know, are there more actors out there? When did when did we stop watching the same actors coming together to play couples? And why doesn't it happen? I I guess the end of the studio contracts may have affected it. What were you going to uh, say? Tom? Okay. Yeah. Yes, I wonder whether it was yes, and because of that cost a little bit. Mm. Um, because, you know, um, uh, Betty Davis used to say that at Warner Brothers, everything was kind of a little bit on a shoestring, whereas MGM, where uh, Tracy and Hepburn made most of their movies, they they had real kind of big budget fare. Yeah, well, they had to keep filling that, filming that lion in the middle of the thing. They have to keep him alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually live every time. <laughs> <laughs> I used to believe that. So, so, sorry to interrupt, Tom, but I have to t- tell people this, and I may have said it on the podcast. Before. Yes, I I was bought when I was like eleven, maybe ten. I was given the Spice Girls live cassette tape, and I I yeah. absolutely loved listening to their live performance. But I'd put it in the cassette player and put it in and wait like five minutes to press play because I knew I needed to wait for them to get ready to perform it live because it was a live oh, tape. Oh, that's so. <laughs> So I used to imagine them getting out. Oh, the and car. you had you had that thespian's empathy. <laughs> I was like, they need to get find? their costumes on, and they're gonna. And it's amazing that they do, because I I had a Spice Girls tape, but this was a live tape, so it yes. had to be different. <laughs> I used to wait before I just pressed play. That is enchanting. I've never heard a sweeter story than that. Oh, that's so dear. That's so dear. Um, no, so. Uh, you know, Betty used to say that Warners, if they could get by on one star, then they would have one star. But all the other studios like to have teams. Mm-hmm. And I think when the studio system ended, as you say, Will, if they could have one bankable star, that became the fashion, really, than, mm. rather than pairs. Mm, sure. Guys, are we going to go to final judgments on this one? Yeah. At the end of the podcast, Tom, we always decide once and for all if the subject we're talking about is a legitimate like, whether they they get to exist and be praised or we strike them from the earth in a sort of Room 101 style. Mm. Um, so I, I think it's pretty clear which way this is going. Yes. Tom, I, think, I think, Tom, you should take it away. Is she a legitimate like? Does she deserve the praise and the hype she gets? Does she deserve more? What are your thoughts? I think in the realm of acting, she is not only a legitimate like, but the most legitimate like, because she's a singular personality. There are actors who are bigger queens of metamorphosis than Catherine, but her incandescent intellect just sparkles in every single performance and her wit and her timing. 
she is an extraordinary talent and versatile, maybe not so much in the character she plays, but in the material that she's able to tackle with equal aplomb. Um, she doesn't need a co-star, but when she does have a brilliant co-star, it's like intellectual ping pong. I simply adore her and her very worthy luminary status should always be luminary. Mm, great. She's a luminary legitimate like from Tom Hugh. Do you agree? Mm. Well, I, well, I do agree. And look, I mean, I have to confess that I don't know a great deal about her. I haven't seen... I've seen a few of her films. I've seen Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I've seen Bring Up Baby. Um, and I've seen State of the Union, which I actually went to <gasps> watch because Angela Lansbury is in it. And I love Angela Lansbury so much. And I feel... Angela Lansbury, yes. Just, and it's, it's, it's another film where... Um, Angela Lansbury wants to make someone president and she's always good in those films um, <laughs> but uh, she but yeah look I mean Catherine Hepburn I feel like I learned a lot but I feel I have to go and watch more and all those films are very very different and she's very different performances in each of them but um, my only worry would be that that maybe nowadays she doesn't get as much of the hype so maybe we need to maybe we need to give her more hype you know because people have not forgotten about her, but maybe oh, no. you know, get her confused with Audrey Hepburn, you know, and maybe don't know as many of her films as 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 they might. So yeah. I'm definitely gonna dive into more. And but from what I know, and from I mean, listen, I mean, after everything Thomas said, I can't disagree with him. So I am absolutely yeah. going to say that she's a legitimate like. It it starts here, the Cath Renaissance. Mm. That's what we're calling the Cath Renaissance. Well, I'm totally a member of the Cath Renaissance. I completely agree. It's a it's a three for three. She's a legitimate like. I hadn't seen any of her films. Just reading about her, she sounds exceptional. And what I really liked is she got fired loads. <laughs> uh, she was not really beloved by the public for a while, and then brought it back. And th- this sort of glamour of of Hollywood. She also was very honest about the lack of glamour in Hollywood too. So I was I'm a big fan of her. And uh, she's legit. She's a legitimate <laughs> like from me. There was too much saliva in my mouth, Michael. Michael, would you agree? I would absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the same as you. I didn't, I didn't know a huge amount uh, uh, about her until uh, Tom gifted us with this topic. And over the last week and a half or so of of reading about her and and, and watching various uh, various performances, yeah, I've totally fallen in love. So would recommend legitimate like it's been a, an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming on we're all better from your presence if people want to find you they can follow you at, uh, at tom reed wilson yes thank you for having me what a pleasure it's been if you've enjoyed the podcast please uh rate it five stars recommend it to a friend uh you can get it wherever you get your podcasts you know that because you're here hugh thanks so much as always thanks will uh michael thank you so much as always anytime will uh katherine hepburn's great tom reed wilson is amazing go and follow him buy his books and uh we'll see you next time and by see i do mean talk oh i was gonna say here but then they here like by see i do mean here is what i felt like an ending but now we haven't Mm. found an ending oh we should end with a katherine hepburn quote why slap them on the wrist with a feather when you can belt them over the head with a sledgehammer (laughs) (laughs) goodbye bye bye darlings
Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.